This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle, Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello, and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I'm here with Vanessa Talbot. She is the goddess of radiance and influence for coaches and change makers. Vanessa specializes in inspiring coaches to ignite their presence so they get known, build a greater following of raving fans, and naturally attract more clients. She is also the creator of a popular Facebook group called Coaches Magic Makers Step Into the Spotlight. That sounds amazing. And she's guided thousands of coaches with a mission to help others to better positioning themselves as a high-profile name coach. I'm so excited to chat with you today about the work you're doing in the world and just about you. I'm excited to get to know you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for asking. So every time I open a, a conversation with a new person, I pull a card. So today I have pulled the Circle of Life card. And I honestly don't know if I've ever pulled this card before. I had pulled another card and the guides were super clear that that was me, not you. So I was like, okay, let me pull another card. Um, So the explanation of the circle of life card is that all things are possible. I like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, The four wing winds are bringing your dreams to fruition. Awesome. This is also known as a medicine wheel in some native traditions, and it symbolizes the cosmology that honors all the circles of life. So that's pretty awesome. What does this card bring up for you? So when you, well, nothing until you explained it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, once you started explaining it and you were talking about all things are possible, um, that's what I work with with coaches and change makers. Like I work with people and um, creating those bigger possibilities for them. So, you know, I'll always say, you know, if you don't just want to be a backyard life coach, we want to make things bigger and more grander. And so it's why I really talk about radiance. And it is about all things possible because when I'm faced with someone and they're there in front of me, whether it be on a screen like this, is actually it's how I see them best, actually. I can actually see their earthly version and then the dimension beside them that has the possibility in them, like their full potential. So when I'm faced with someone who has decided to be a coach or a change maker and they want to do big stuff in the world, that's what I can see. So that's when awesome. you it, yeah, then I'll go, yes, of course that makes sense. I love that. And I love that you're sharing that gift with the world because so many people have the capacity to see beyond what the 3D experience is and they shrink away from it. So thank you for thank you for showing up and being brave and forgetting that witch wound and doing what you do. That's amazing. 
Yeah, it's exactly what you say. People will shrink away from this fullness that is available for them to be. And that's my work, to make sure that they step into that fullness. I love it. So if you had to pick just one, knowing that you love so many witches, bitches, and dead people, who who would you pick as your favorite just in this moment? No offense to any loved ones in spirit. <laughs> Anne Boleyn. Hmm, I love it. Mm, mm, Anne Boleyn. Um, practically, my mom says that I came out, was born um, obsessed with Anne Boleyn. And my very first, yeah, fancy dress party that I ever went to as a little tiny girl. Um, everyone else was going, you know, as whatever little kids go as. And, of course, I needed to go as Anne Boleyn. So <laughs> mum had to make me the full <laughs> Anne Boleyn costume, the full Tudor outfit and everything. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> I love and that. I've always been obsessed with Anne Boleyn. None of the other queens don't care about them. It was always <laughs> Anne Boleyn that I have been crazy about and still to this day if there's anything about King Henry and the wives and Anne Boleyn's featured in it, I will definitely be watching it or reading it. That's awesome. And honestly, that's one that I've not heard. So I love that. That's, and, and that really goes to the authentic connection you have with her spirit. So do you ever feel like you channel her? Um, no, I don't think I channel her. I remember... It's probably more sort of um, we are meant to be related to the Boleyn family in some way. And though mm. Anne Boleyn, you know, her only child was uh, Queen Elizabeth I, um, so we're not exactly a direct descendant as such in some way, and I know my cousin's done all the research and I haven't, but in some <laughs> way we are part of the Boleyn lineage from Anne Boleyn's Boleyn line from that Oh, house. cool. So I guess... Um, I guess it probably comes from that in some sense. Well, and even the, even if you're not a direct lineal descendant, the energetic connection is still there. So maybe yeah, you there's something. There's something. Yeah. I just don't know what it is. So like, you know, maybe somewhere you've had a, a, a lifetime with her, whether it was the lifetime that she showed up as Anne Boleyn or whether it was some other lifetime that you just had a connection with her soul. Mm, yeah, don't know, but I just know mum said I've been fascinated with her ever since I was tiny. So I'll stick with that. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so tell me about your spiritual journey. When did you first start noticing that you maybe were a little different than the kids who didn't like Anne Boleyn? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, at primary school, it was clear that I was different than the rest because the rest might all be you know, interested in the local soapy that was on TV, um, you know, might be Neighbours or something, which are popular Australian shows. Um, hopefully you'll have plenty of Aussie listeners who will know that. <laughs> but me, I was never interested in any of that mainstream stuff. So I was the kid that was always interested in the vampires and the ghosts um, and all that sort of stuff. <gasps> so to them, I was a little bit abnormal because of that because, you know, they liked stuff that, I suppose most kids like to watch, but it just wasn't my gig. So that was probably beginning when I just realised I like stuff that most other kids don't. And I love ghost stories and werewolves and vampires. Um, probably started exploring it a bit more when I was a teenager and mum gave me a 
tarot deck. Oh. 18 or 19. So she gave me a tarot deck and I got into the tarot and started reading for people at my arts shop. She had a sort of like a new agey crystal sort of shop. I don't know what you call them in the US, yeah, but in Australia. That, they... That's what we call them. Yeah. So she had one of those shops. So she asked me if I would read down there. It was pretty scary at first, but I, you know, as I was terrified about doing it, but I realised that I could do it really well. Oh. Um, I still have that deck to this day too, and this is like, what, 40 years later? I don't know. It's a long time <laughs> later. Um, and I still use that one deck that I was given to this day, even though I've collected a mass of others. Right. So that was the start of it. Um, and just being with my aunt and my mum and my cousins and, you know, we used to do things like, um, you know, the glass on the table and see what responses we could get in that. So we used to do that as a family unit. So, yeah, my family probably was a little bit out there compared I to love it. <laughs> the others, you know, mum and me and my, all my cousins, you know, getting the glass to, to see well, what it would do. And that's, that's super exciting that you have that in your family and that it's embraced because so many people feel isolated and don't have that growing up. So that was a real blessing for you. Yeah, yeah. Like um, mum and my aunt were, I wouldn't say that they were really into it, but they were certainly like to experiment with it. So that was good. I'd say the one that's probably the most gifted out of all of them is moi um, and the one that got into it the most, you know what I mean, like followed it more. My cousins and that have an interest, but they never really probably stretched any abilities that may have been yeah. existed in it. Well, I practiced and stretched. So when did you realize that you had this gift that you were able to help people step into that bigger version of themselves that they weren't stepping into for whatever reason? <laughs> Um, so when I got chucked out of my big job that I had, I had a big business with my husband at the time. So when we got divorced, I lost my multi-million dollar company because he ended up with it. And here I was with no income and a country property of acres and horses and a little kid to support with no income because it's all gone. Oh boy. <laughs> and I was just flicking through a magazine, just sitting there going, God. I, there's no way I want to go and work a nine-to-five job or something in town. I've never done that in my life and I wasn't going to start. And I was happened to flick you through some sort of like, um, let's call it a new age type of magazine, and there was yeah. an ad in there saying become a life coach. This is 10 years ago and I had no clue what a life coach was. I didn't <laughs> have a clue and I thought, hmm, that sounds like something I can stay at home and do and still make money while doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and so I rang them up and I said, let me join this life coach course. And they said, of course, you're in. And so I started it. And then I found I was exceptionally bored with it. <laughs> a life coach. Um, but I ended up uh, realising that it was the coaches themselves that I was better at because I got so qualified and all the rest of it and la, 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 la. Sure. Ended up becoming um, a trainer at Australia's largest coach training institution. Oh. And I noticed that a lot of the coaches 
were great at coaching, but they weren't actually getting clients. And at the time, I was working with a couple of celebrities as well. They were teaching me a lot of stuff, um, how they were getting out there, how they were getting all eyes on them, how they were getting the opportunities and on TV and all this sort of stuff. And I thought it'd be pretty amazing if all these coaches who are going through these coaching schools and, you know, 99% of them don't actually able to build a coaching business from it. They're fully trained, but they don't know how to get the clients and be visible. If I could take everything that I learned from the celeb clients I had and applied it to these coaches rather than, you know, the stuff they were being taught. And that's when I realised I'd hit my brilliant spot. I was way better at that, at showing the coaches how to become their own sense of celebrity and just attract clients magnetically to them than I ever was actually coaching myself. So in essence, that funny little ad, Be a Life Coach, even though I had no clue what it was, led me to there. That's perfect. I love the the almost uninhibited following of your intuition that 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 path demonstrates like, oh, that looks good. That's where I'm oh and look where it led you. Amazing. Yeah. yeah so that's how it happened. It was not planned, just, just, yeah, just, that sounds good. I can stay at home. I don't know what it is, but I'll do it. (laughs) And from one unemployable sister to another unemployable sister, bravo. (laughs) I was not going to be caged. Like I've never worked for someone else ever, except for, you know, a couple of little mini little um, what do you call it, little casual or part-time jobs as a teenager or, or in my younger days doing stuff. Yeah. It's just not in my nature no. to be chained to the system where I have to get up every morning and go to work at a certain time and then come home at a certain mm-hmm. time. It just doesn't work that way for me. Um, I grew up on a farm. We don't work that way. So yeah. my own, you know, upbringing is, was never going to teach me to conform because we lived pretty free on the farm and did what we wanted. So I guess I've just entered adulthood in the same way and I'm not going to change about it. So yeah, that's how it happened. We, we live on a farm now. I did not grow up on a farm and I, I I completely understand the, the idea of, of the freedom, but it doesn't mean that we shy away from work or, or responsibility. It's just on our terms. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, farmers are probably some of the hardest working people out there in horses. And they they have to follow nature. They have to work with the seasons. Um, They work with animals. Um, So I think it's a different lifestyle. You know, there were some seasons where dad wouldn't come home till 10 o'clock at night. So he wouldn't be eating dinner till 10 o'clock at night. Well, other parts of the season, he'd be home much earlier. So just depending on the season and what they were doing, whether they were planting and sowing or harvesting or whatever. Exactly. And my husband's the same way. He doesn't come in until the sun goes down. So during the summer months, that's very late. The winter, it's a little more rest and restoration, I guess. But yeah, that's interesting that you have such a similar experience. Yeah, it's the same here. We still don't because though we don't live on a farm, we live on a country property and we have animals. And uh, we tend to stay out until the sun goes down because we're doing stuff or out with the horses. Mm-hmm. But my daughter, who's a teenager, is getting a little bit at that place where, you know, 
well, at dad's house, you know, we have dinner on the table at seven and I request to be fed at seven. And I'm like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> um, I honor your request. It's still not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're coming in. We know here in Australia, um, we're going into our autumn now, obviously, and the days are getting shorter. So she may end up getting fed by seven soon. <laughs> so. Are you noticing that your daughter is exhibiting some spiritual connection as you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. She, um, she's a great manifester mm. on the whole. <laughs> she can do some magic manifesting. Um, she's, she, um, I'd say her biggest talent is just being able to foretell what will happen and then also manifest for a big degree of what she wants. I find it fascinating to see how this generation that's coming into their full power now is moving so much more quickly than I moved through my evolution of, of connection. Um, and they seem to be seeing with so much more clarity than I had even in my thirties. So mm. I'm, I'm kind of in awe of them. Like, it's just so amazing to witness. When she was tiny, we uh, stayed at an old B&B down in Tasmania. So we were in an, a very old town down in Tasmania, which is one of the lower parts of Australia. And we stayed in an old house, like the old original house that was first built in that town. And they turned into a and b and we stayed there the night. And she was only three months old. And mm -hmm. so she wasn't really talking or anything. Right. <laughs> and... Normally I used to put her in a little portable crib by my bed mm -hmm. and for some reason that night I decided to put her in this little alcove that was off the bedroom and I have no idea why because we always put the crib near the bed mm -hmm. and we put it in the little alcove and I popped it near a rocking chair and I remember putting her down for the night and then as I put her down I said to the rocking chair, keep an eye on her tonight please. Just said that, like, naturally. And then I'm right. like, what the heck did I say that for? <laughs> what? I'm talking to the rocking chair. Anyway, turn off the light, went to sleep. From 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the morning, you know when you're in that sleep mode but you're sort of like dozing and you're half asleep, half yeah. awake? Yeah. And all we could hear from 3 to 6 in the morning was her little baby voice going, yeah, da, 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 and then this deeper voice. Like it, it sounded like it was her, but she was doing two different voice turns times. She did that all night between three and six. <laughs> and it's like she was having a conversation between two people. So there was this deeper tone and then her baby tone. It was just gibberish. Yeah. Um, and then we woke up, you know, a couple of hours later for the day and he said, my husband at the time said to me, did you hear that? And I said, yeah, I heard stuff all night. She, and he said, she kept me awake. She, he said, there were two voices talking all night. There was her and this other voice. But I couldn't understand. I said, yeah, I heard it as well. She never uttered a single word ever again until when she learned to talk much, much <laughs> later on. But just that night in that room when I had spoken to the rocking chair and said, look after her, please, and then for the three hours, so we always say to her, you, the very first spiritual experience you've had, and I still believe it to this day, is that you spent half the night talking to the ghost that was in the rocking chair. Yes. Family that 
owned the B&B. And they said, oh, you had the daughter's house of the original people who owned it. And I did get a feminine presence around the rocking chair. Mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't male. But she said, yeah, you had um, one of the daughter's bedrooms that you stayed in. So, yeah, and she never spoke again. Anywhere else that we ever went (laughs) after that, she just slept solid all night. That was the only night that we heard the two voices all night having the conversation. So I think that was her first experience at three months old, just talking with the ghost. I love it. Well, I mean, honestly, you did invite the ghost in when you asked her to to watch over your daughter. So, (laughs) Well, I don't even know why because the rocking chair was there and I just felt, I just heard that come out of my mouth. And I questioned myself afterwards, as I said, what did I say that for? And then she spends all night, well, three hours of the night, having conversations at three months old. That's amazing. I love that. It's so interesting how things show up like that and, like, it just flows. You you talking to the rocking chair and your daughter finding a friend to entertain her through the night. (laughs) And the fact that I even put her in the alcove when normally – and I was even wondering, well, why am I doing this? I just kind of did everything sort of, it was almost like on command in some way. And I'm sitting yeah. there, well, why am I doing this? Because normally, as I said, we put the cot right next to the bed. Yeah. But the fact that I put her in the alcove region, which was a bit of a distance away from the bed, was very strange. <laughs> well, it all worked the way it was supposed to. Yeah, nothing happened to her, but yeah, we always. Tell her that that was your first ghost experience. I love it. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about the work you do in the world. Mm-hmm. I find it to be compelling and so, so pertinent. I mean, I've been a coach for nearly a decade, and mm-hmm. so many people are in the exact position that you just described mm-hmm. great coaches. amazing skill set no clients or or (laughs) or struggling for clients so how do people find you and identify that they should be working with you um my style is very different to many you know so-called coaches coaches you Mm -hmm. know a lot of them have a certain look a half certain style and they're talking about their six figures in six weeks and all the rest of that stuff that goes down um i don't use any of that and I talk a lot about client attraction mystics as well. So mm-hmm. I do a little segment in my group called client attraction mystics, which is every Thursday. So I just naturally, just by doing that little segment in my group, um, and also my branding is kind of magical in some way, like glamorous, but brand, but sort of magical as well in the same way, which I feel it's just a bit of me. Like I work a bit with archetypes as well. So if I look at my mm-hmm. al- main archetype, which is the magician, the alchemist I really bring that out in the branding so I think when you've really tapped into your vibe your energy and you show it with the things you choose to do it may not be what everyone else is doing but who cares right so my stuff's very different than what most of the coaches coaches are showing up as and teaching so there's a lot of people that are going to look at my stuff and go whoa no way one they don't believe in the magic we don't need those people. <laughs> yeah, we don't need those people. Second, they just think it's too woo. I don't need them either. Right. Um, and third, it just seems too much for them as well. 
so my look, the style, the things that I do, the fact that I use tarot um, in some of my sessions to help people with their client attraction will say, you know, I might not necessarily have all the answers. So I'll say, let's, let's look at the tarot on this. Let's get some insights from there. So I'm probably using tools and that that people might shy away from. So it definitely divides. And that's great because I have a very sort of large-ish Facebook group just for coaches alone. Mm -hmm. I've found the more that I've embraced my magic side and brought that out, the more I'm getting rid of out of the group, they're just naturally leaving the people that I don't want because they're not great people for me. Right. Um, and keeping the ones that love the way that I work with them and love the vibe and the energy that I utilise and show up. So that's how it happens. My, most of mine will come through the Facebook group, by the way. So it's and kind of like build an audience, be in front of them, and they'll naturally come. But, of course, you've got to build the audience. So I was able to build that audience in the early days. I'm like you. I've been around for 10 years. So I did the audience building in the very, very early days. So and now I just rely mainly on that um, tight-knit Facebook group for the most part. People might come in, but they'll soon leave very quickly if it's not what they're expecting or right. it's not their style. And a lot of Facebook group owners would be tempted to go, oh, no, I have to change because, you know, I'm losing my members. I'm the opposite. I'm like, great. The more that go, the better that leaves me with the exact type of people that are my people that I want to keep. I do the same thing with my email list. I, I, I'll notice I have a big infusion from whatever event that I've participated in. And then it seems like the attrition is almost commensurate with those that have come in, because if they're not aligned, I don't want to be wasting my energy and time with, you know, building a connection or rapport with them. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the way that we are isn't for everyone. And we probably... You know, my stuff definitely stands out quite a bit compared to, as I said, a lot of the mainstream ones. I call them mainstream because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, what I found compelling about you. I was like, oh, I like this woman. Yeah, and, and I that's right. You get the right people. And so, you know, with the mainstream people, they've been difficult as clients, not difficult as clients, but been difficult for me when I've had those people who are expecting to be, showing how to make six figures in six weeks because so-and-so told them that they could do it if they followed the strategy. Um, it's been difficult with them to be able to embrace who I really am and the way that I see and it can help people work because I'm not interested in the six figures. I'm interested in what are you doing into this world and how are you going to create abundance with it, with what you're yeah. doing. And also, as I said, I can see the existence that is here and then the dimension that exists right beside you. And I can see that the brilliance that shows through here and what is actually available for you. Now, it's going to take a certain person that's going to come along and want to believe that with me. Right. Yeah. And for me to be able to play with the tarot with them and the many other tools we do, we might do some um, regressions and stuff like that as well to, to, to show what you're really here for and how you're going to make it happen. Well, those are the exact people that we're talking to today. So <laughs> that's right. magic. If they don't, if they're not interested in that, they're probably not listening to me. <laughs> I know. That's why I went and I figured this would be a great show to connect with. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So where can people find you to learn more about you and your work? I think one of the easiest places is to, if you are on Facebook, to actually join the Facebook group, which is Coaches Changemakers Step Into the Spotlight. So that's pretty easy to find. Um, the other place, of course, is you can always just hook onto my website. But I find website visitors, they'll come and they'll go. But when they're in your community with you and they vibe with you and you want to do some of the fun stuff like, you know, Incline Attraction Mystics, I'm a show up every Thursday in my Facebook group and we might do some readings or we might do a spell together or something else. <laughs> it always happens. I don't know. I love communities like Facebook groups because you can get to know each other much better and hang out together much better. So that's my that's where I really like people to come. Well, and we will include a link to your Facebook group in the show notes so people can find you nice and easily. Um, I love that sense of community and the use of Facebook, in my opinion, is that the community extends globally. Mm. So we're not restricted to, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, a long distance phone call. My mother was like, you've been on the phone for seven minutes. You need to get off the phone. Now I can be on <laughs> Facebook with people in Australia and nobody's yelling at me. It's great. Yeah, I know. And businesses now, you know, with us, with online businesses, we're international. So, you know, I'm probably like you in the sense that, you know, you've also probably got clients just all over the world because we can now. Right. And I have a very difficult time with time zones. So I'm always like, just tell me something in relation to like, what time it is in London, and I'll get there. Like, I have such a hard time with that, but we work it out. It's like me. It's 10 o'clock at night here for me. Right. And <laughs> it's like, you. are we doing video? Because, you know, if we're not, that would be great. <laughs> it's super early in the morning here. So <laughs> what we do to build our communities, right? <laughs> well, I well want you know what? I'll tell you a little secret. I usually say no to anyone who wants me sort of after seven or eight o'clock at night. Oh, I'm honored. Yes, yes, because I loved the title of the podcast. Um, I love what you're doing. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I'll show up for that one. So awesome. Thank you. I literally, after seven or eight, it's a no go. Um, and of course, if it's too early in the morning, it's a no go as well. I don't start work till noon and I can only go till about four or five in the afternoon. But, you know, for podcasts, I might do a bit later. So it's because you really had my interest. One with the title of the podcast for starters really got my attention. But I'm like, yep, I'll show up. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And I'm so excited to have met you. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today. And I want to encourage all of the listeners to check out Vanessa's Facebook group. I myself can't wait to join it and see what kind of cool magic is happening there. Thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you all next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.